Here we go, getting started. St. Peter. We'll talk about St. Peter today. It's, um, it's 8.30 or so, 8.25. Um, yeah, this is number five of the podcasts. And uh, just uh, just some time to, to work out thoughts, to, to think about things, to wrestle with, with life and wrestle with my own humanity. This... this um, this podcast, Aji Quodajis, is it's kind of my personal story, but it's not for the sake of just like telling a telling my a memoir or something or like uh, an audio audio autobiography. It's actually a personal accountability thing. It's like my main goal in this is just to take something that's kind of been on my heart or something I've been wrestling with and just and flesh it out. An aspect of a podcast is just it's just sort of an external factor that 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 you know ties in with ties in with accountability, helps me helps me stay accountable and uh uh kind of you know lets me lets me do it. It's just another way of of documenting for me personally these kind of things and so I figured I'd share that. Um that's another reason for sure. So one it holds me accountable, but two wanted to share that, me wrestling with myself, not for the sake of just, you know, entertaining people, but because I know the power of telling a story. I know the power of telling your story, telling my story, telling a personal story. Um, I mean, you hear all these generic stories of, of people growing up, you know, like, like heroes and, and fables and things like that. And, and there's a moral to it. Yeah, that's great. But whenever you know somebody who's personally wrestled with something or struggled through something or figured something out or enjoyed something or been good at something and you, you know them personally, it, 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 it just it teaches you something. You learn it a little bit differently whenever there's actually a, a face or a voice or, a, you know, there's a real person behind the moral of the story. This is just me wrestling with that. I've experienced it, <clears throat> experienced it so many times in ministry firsthand people that I'm with um day in and day out just a little thing about that you know I'll, I'll, this in this this podcast I don't uh, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk a whole lot I, I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen but I, I very likely will not um share a lot of specifics on on ministry and you may be thinking well father that's kind of pointless you're a priest you're called to do that well yeah duh I'm called to do that Whenever I'm in ministry, whenever I'm doing pastoral things, I'm with people in their most intimate moments of life. Like, it, I, I, in a split second, people give me full access to their souls. And that is a very sacred place. That's, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells within a human being. In the ministry of a priest, of a nun, of a deacon, of a, of a consecrated member of the church, an official leader, a representative of Christ, it's our job to, it's our calling, not our job. It's our, it's our calling, it's our vocation, not just an occupation, it's a vocation, a calling to, um, to, to respect and revere the sacredness of people's souls and to help them respect and revere the sacredness of their own souls. That's ultimately our job, because whenever you can do that, I mean, that, that's to, in order to respect and revere the sacredness of your soul is to recognize the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's possible through baptism, Right. When, when we become adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And uh, so in ministry, it's such a personal thing. 
um, I've got a Instagram page and and uh, and a lot of well, people will critique me sometimes for not sharing a lot of ministry things, and that's why I don't do it because it's it's somebody's souls. I'm not going to share a lot of those things for the sake of getting likes or just kind of sharing ministry stuff. I don't want to take advantage of people's souls. I'm there to take care of people's souls. It's a big difference. So this is the, this whole thing is just kind of like me wrestling out who I am. And so in a way, just like I grow closer to Christ by coming face to face with the Lord and people through ministry, hopefully you can grow closer to Christ by by hearing the the raw me, like the 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 raw Father Stephen, who I am. Today I was just going to talk about just kind of thinking on this idea of of Saint Peter and Saint Paul. You know, two greats, two greats in the New Testament, two pillars of the church. Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul. We hear about Peter and Paul all the time. Pretty much every church you see images of them, statues of them. In the scriptures, you're always reading about Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, these two. Um, we can learn a lot from them. And, uh, but today, I was just like, it's just been this whole morning. Right now, it's what, 8.30 on a Tuesday? 8.30. This whole morning, I've just been thinking about, about St. Peter, and particularly his conversion. And I've thought about this a ton before. Peter and Paul. Think about Peter and Paul's conversions and how we, uh, how we have, you know, we go through our own conversions, right? And by and large, this is a vast generalization, but by and large, we either fall into a more Petrine or more Pauline category. That means more of Peter, more of Paul in light of conversion. And, And the sort of conversion that we've gone through or that we are going through very often is reflected in the kind of ministry that we live and the way that we carry out our, our own our own ministries. So um, just, yeah, just a time to you know think out loud. Sometimes I'll get on little soapboxes here, but that's all right. That's, that's just, that's what I'm doing. It's not for the sake of getting on a soapbox for riling people up, but just for me wrestling with things. But today it's Peter and Paul. Just thinking about conversions. So I was uh, born and raised on a farm, uh, grew up in a German Catholic farming family, um, very quiet, emotionless, hardworking, dedicated, and passionate people. After that, I was in the military for a while. Uh, same thing, hardworking, sometimes passionless, uh, pa- passionate, emotionless, hardworking people <laughs> in the military. Uh, then, you know, seminary now, priest. But, um, man, I'll tell you, farm life and military life, really, it taught me a lot. I learned a lot of, of, you know, hard work and dedication, of being passionate, being all in, of doing what I'm doing. Aji Kodajis, right? <laughs> of, of, of doing what I'm doing with everything I've got. So I'm, I'm a kind and, and gentle person. But I've also, I can be, you know, I can, I can be a little rough around the edges. I mean, sometimes embarrass people by the things I say. Never towards them, never directed towards them, but always just like, uh, my, talking about myself or life in general, I can be raw in my observation of humanity. I've been naive most all of my life, but since becoming a priest, a lot of that naivete has has kind of gone away. And because I've seen, I've seen what humanity is capable of, good and bad. I've seen what humanity is capable of. We can be we can be really gross people. Right? Human beings can just be very ugly. 
We can be very mean. We can also be very good, very, very kind and very loving. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to have the naivete wiped away, knocked off, because it allows you to experience raw humanity. And it's only in raw humanity that 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 you'll encounter God. And that's that's where I where I most imper- where I most perfectly encounter God in my life in raw humanity, whether that be the raw humanity of, of people I'm with in ministry or my own, my own personal raw humanity. Um, are you, are you free? Are you free to embrace your own raw humanity? Are you courageous enough to, um, and patient enough to embrace other people's raw humanity? Now, don't let that don't let that confuse you with with what society tells us. Society tells you you can do you can be whoever you define yourself to be. That's that couldn't be farther from the truth. Growing up, I mean for for all of humanity, anytime another human being has done something that was illogical, like you know that was not logical or that was blatantly false, we would say no, you're a moron. So growing up, whenever I I went to school and and I took a math test, <laughs> And the teacher said, what's two plus two? And I said, five. I got the question wrong. And then I came home and got in trouble. Now, if a kid says two plus two is five, they, they get a participation award and everyone pats them on the back. And they're the heroes because they were bold. They were brave to say that two plus two equals five. Now, I'm not talking about math here. I'm talking about morals, and I'm talking about ethics. I'm talking about biology, sexual biology. I'm talking about identities. I'm talking about all this stuff. Um, but, I mean, we are who we are. Um, but we are not who we simply define ourselves to be. That's a big, there's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. And it's not a matter of me being a bully or taking away your freedom. But rather helping, helping, helping you to see, helping people to see that no, that's that's not right. People do it all the time to me. Whenever I do, whenever I'm wrong, and I'm grateful for it. In the moment, does it suck? Yeah, like because I don't like being called out. I don't like no one likes that. And initially, after the fact, I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> the little sting, the pain that you feel is good. But initially, when it's happening, oh, I hate it. I get mad at whoever it was or. Who the hell are they to call me out on this? Is you know a kind of thought in my mind, or they don't know what's going on in my life. Blah blah blah. But then as I go home and I think about it and pray about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I was right. That kind of draws it back to the point I was starting with about talking about Peter and Paul. Just think about those two people from the Bible, Peter and Paul. Now Peter was there with Jesus from the very beginning. Whenever you know, he's the second second um, disciple that Jesus calls. First he calls Andrew, and then he calls Peter, and then he calls James and John. You know, they're fishing at the Sea of Galilee, and uh, he calls Peter. Peter drops his net, and he's all in. And that that's really a, a beautiful image for Peter, dropping, dropping everything and being all in, because throughout the sacred scriptures, he is all in. He is 100% doing what he's doing. It's all or nothing with St. Peter. Now, that's a great grace of his, but that's also a, a tremendous cross. Now, his conversion process is, is, is slow and gradual. Like he would, he'd be doing, it's, for him, it's very much two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes two steps forward and three steps back. But overall, the trend is forward progress. That's St. Peter.
He does so good for so many things in a row. And then he just totally gets it wrong. Right? In one verse, you know, we read of him, Matthew 16. Yeah, Jesus, you are, you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And then just the very next line, he, he, he says, he goes from recognizing that Jesus is God to then telling Jesus how he needs to do ministry. <laughs> no, you won't die on the cross. You can't do that. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Was he calling Peter himself Satan? No. <laughs> no. Was he recognizing a distorted truth in Peter's life? Yeah. Yeah. And the distortion of truth is the work of Satan. The intentional distortion of truth is the, is the work of the evil one. Right? So anytime we, we intentionally distort the truth, that's called a lie. Or anytime we allow the ongoing distortion of truth, that's a participation. That's a participation in it. That's something that the Lord's really been convicting me in, you know, here in the parish, just being a, a good father uh, and slowly having the, the grace to, to really call out people, call out parishioners for things that need to be, they need to be called out for. It's hard, man, it's hard. And I mess up a lot, but I'm learning, I'm learning. But Peter, yeah, so it's, it's this ongoing thing, and then it just... Um, his conversion is very boring in a way, but it's very much reflective of a lot of humanity. Just the daily grind, doing the best you can, but you keep screwing up, just keep moving forward. Now think about St. Paul. In the Acts of the Apostles, we hear of his conversion, what is it, chapter 9? Is it chapter 9? Look it up right now because I'm curious. I think it's chapter 9. Or chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. So, yeah, the, the conversion of St. Paul. Yeah, chapter 9, boom, shakalaka. I do know my Bible. <laughs> he's on the road to Damascus and uh, says he sees a great light. And he falls to the ground. It doesn't say he fell off his horse. Caravaggio made that famous, right? The painting of him falling off a horse. The scripture doesn't say he fell off a horse. It just says he fell to the ground. But you know, it's you know that the the horse image is great. <laughs> we all we all need knocked off our horse. But Paul uh, Paul's conversion is really getting knocked off a horse. It's getting knocked off his high horse. It's getting knocked to the ground. It was one thing. He went from killing Christians to proclaiming Christ in a couple of days, pretty much. <laughs> and so it was black and white with him. It was a one one singular moment. Of course, other moments throughout that when he had these encounters with Jesus and, and the apostles and ministry. But by and large, it was that one encounter on the road to Damascus. Whereas with St. Peter, it was countless, countless moments in and out, day in and day out with, with Jesus. I think now of like the prodigal son parable. A lot of people really love that. It's a beautiful passage, don't get me wrong, but I, it just doesn't resonate with me, the image of the prodigal son, the one who squanders everything, goes away, and then he comes back. I actually relate more to the older sibling who's kind of like, you know, ticked off, like, come on, Dad, what's, what's going on? I've been here busting my butt for you this whole time, and you haven't done anything for me. But the father says, you know, everything I have is yours. You know, the brother of yours who was lost, he's now found. And, uh... But, so the prodigal son has this, this one big life-changing experience, and he comes back and he experiences a lot of great love. Whereas the, the brother, the older brother who's always with the father, the older brother of the prodigal son who is always with the father, 
it's almost so routine that he kind of forgets the the Father's presence. That's kind of like me. It's kind of like St. Peter. There's almost We're almost so close to the Lord, we almost you know, do so much with the Lord that, that, that we kind of sometimes forget he's there. A lot of people have, have conversions like that. That's kind of what my conversion story has been like and continues to be like. I'm all in, and I keep putting my foot in my mouth. But, but overall, I'm growing closer to the Lord every day. Again, you know, the, the, this Petrine conversion, this conversion of St. Peter compared to that of St. Paul. Peter's is more gradual. It's more persistent. And he, he definitely tends to be more passionate, uh, passionate, all-in sort of person. He's, he's quite patient, but um, passionate, an all-in kind of person. Uh, there's some flexibility, it seems like, in Peter and the way he does ministry. If you go to the Acts of the Apostles, but then go look at Paul. Look at Paul. Paul's his conversion is is immediate. It's, it's very black and white. He's got very little wiggle room. Now that those two conversion styles are reflected in the way they do ministry, as you read through the Acts of the Apostles, but also the same is kind of true for I've experienced for me personally and people that I've met in ministry, people who have had more Petrine conversions. These these ongoing, gradual, slow conversion process. Nothing fancy, no bells and whistles, but just a slow chipping away at the stone. Um, you know, they tend to be, you know, sometimes very often hard on themselves. Whereas a lot of times people who have conversions like St. Paul, spontaneous, black and white, they've gone from one extreme to another. I, I've experienced that they can they can tend to be harder on other people. Now both of them have their place. I get it. I totally get it, and that's 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 necessary. The Petrine people tend to be more slow and gradual in the way they do ministry, whereas the Pauline people they preach the gospel in a more black and white way. You know, does that kind of make sense? You track what I'm saying? I mean, it makes sense for me, but. But just this this whole process of how the internal conversion is reflected in the way that you you converse with other people on their conversion journey. All right, so it's just these conversion styles. What does your life look like, and how how are you aware of it? How are you aware of the the life of other people and what their conversions look like? Huh? They're they're, they're the the patience in the process. Having some coffee. So it's eight o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Got up early. Did some prayer and everything. Just roamed around the house. Played with the dogs a little bit. And uh, about to go to the archery shop. Pick up a bow. And then come back. And I'm meeting with the sisters all afternoon. Meet with the nuns here. Working out our parish plan, a new kind of revisioning, reshaping of the parish and the parish structure and, and ministry structure. These these nuns are fantastic. And then uh, after that, got mass tonight. Mass, church, holy Eucharist. Anyhow, that's uh that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just kind of wrestling with things. Uh, that was just on my mind this morning. Um, Peter and Paul, and how those two have two drastically different conversions. Peter's conversion is more ongoing and gradual. It's a daily chipping away at, at his 
sinfulness and building slow and gradual building up of his sanctity. Whereas Paul is was almost this overnight experience or this instantaneous experience on the road to Damascus where he's totally changed in an instant. And uh and he he knows full hand the the life changing power of Jesus Christ. Actually, yeah, you know, I've never thought of that in those terms. So St. Paul is very aware of of the power of Jesus Christ because he's experienced it all at one moment in that, that road to Damascus. Whereas St. Peter, in a way, he very much relates to Jesus because he walks with Jesus on a daily basis. So he relates so much. So cl- He's very close to Jesus. But he's so close to him that it's almost a gradual process, his own conversion. So much so that he, he can almost fail to experience and realize the greatness of Jesus Christ. That's interesting. I've never thought of that. You know what? Both, both have their place. Because one of them, Peter, for example, although he, it's harder for him to experience the greatness of Jesus Christ, he very intimately experiences the closeness of Jesus Christ. Whereas St. Paul, in a way, he experienced the power of Jesus Christ, which in a way leads him to, to, to have a more exalted view of Jesus Christ. So almost this, this, this emphasis on the, the, uh, the incarnation or the... the, um, the, the uh, you know, from Peter's perspective, this, 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 this closeness of Jesus. Whereas with Paul, it's almost this transcendent, transcendent, transcendent perspective of Jesus. This, this great Lord who's beyond all things. What do you look like? What is your conversion story? What does your conversion journey look like? What's your soul look like? What's your, your model of ministry? Are you, you more like Peter, more like Paul? Be raw. Be you. Don't define who you are, but but wrestle with your own identity uh, in the way that God has made you. And God didn't make you, God didn't make you crooked or backwards, but God is still working you out. So wrestle with yourself, wrestle with God, let God make you a saint. Allow Him to make you a saint. You don't make yourself a saint. I don't make myself a saint. We don't make ourselves saints. Now there's a million different ways to become a saint. And that's the beauty of humanity. And you can only do that by wrestling with your own. That's it. Take care. Peter and Paul, pray for us. Aji quod agis.